0: My name is Max Thornberry. You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network.
1: Today is Saturday, March 11th, and that means week nine is over. It also means you're listening to the Daily Emerald Weekly News Wrap Up. Today, the three biggest news stories from March 5th through the 10th. First, the Trump administration calls for a U.S. appeals court to reverse a climate change lawsuit involving a UO student and professor. Then, Oregon State University gets its own outbreak of meningitis. Finally, multiple students have been arrested this term for shoplifting at the duck store. Hello, I'm Emerson Malone. I'm a podcast editor with The Daily Emerald. I'm Max Thornberry, an associate news editor with The Daily Emerald.
2: And I'm Andy Field. I'm a news reporter with The Daily Emerald.
1: This is The Daily Emerald Weekly News Wrap-Up. I'll just take this opportunity up top to recommend if listeners are interested. We had another news podcast go up earlier this week with our very own Will Campbell. He spoke about President Michael Schill's budget plan that he set forth to the Faculty Senate just last week. In that episode, Will explains how the budget plan will likely cause a lot of faculty layoffs for a number of University of Oregon's various schools, in particular the College of Arts and Sciences. Our lead story today, on Tuesday this week, the Trump administration filed a proposal to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals to reverse an Oregon District Court judge's decision that would bring the case Juliana versus the United States of America to federal trial. The lawsuit, in development since August 2015, was filed by 21 youth plaintiffs, aged 9 to 20, against federal government agencies and the Office of the President of the United States. These plaintiffs all represent the Eugene-based nonprofit organization Our Children's Trust. This organization has helped children bring climate change lawsuits to courts across the country and globe. Andy, you've reported on this story since last November, but it's been developing for much longer. Could you give us a quick history here?
2: Yep, so the federal district court here um, in Eugene has the, the judges here have heard two court hearings uh, before coming to Judge Aiken came to this decision that this, this case will proceed to federal trial in November 2016. The federal district court in Eugene ruled in favor of the 21 youth plaintiffs, including University of Oregon student Tia Haddon who are suing the federal government for the impacts of climate change. And so the federal judge uh, allowed the case to move to to trial. So then this week, the the Trump administration has attempted to reverse Judge Eichen's decision by, uh, you know, referring it to a a higher court for appeal. So the very interesting thing about this is the initial goal I remember when when, when the court hearings were taking place was that there was this aim that it would become a Supreme Court case initially. However, as as things panned out, the, the plaintiffs had hoped that instead go to just a federal trial and it would spread all over the nation so other similar groups would uh, make these similar uh, lawsuits and then so it would spread because you know not many cases reach the supreme court and a lot do get shut down so the chances are are quite slim for this case alone but it seems that since the trump administration has referred this to the court of appeals that it might be inevitable that it might end up as a supreme court case if we could just zoom out a little bit yeah the youths are filing a lawsuit at the federal
1: government and the office of the president of the United States. What makes the federal government accountable for climate change? Why are they receiving the lawsuit?
2: This really developed out of a theory made by a, a UO law professor here called Mary Wood. She she came up with this theory that the federal government is responsible for the clean air and um, access to resources through this public trust doctrine. It's this ancient principle from Roman times which says that you know the government's responsible for protecting uh, re- natural resources for future generations. And so she's kind of taken this concept and weaved it in with um, environmental law. Something else that's interesting here is that as part of this case, Our Children's
0: Trust has demanded that the government retain all records of climate change on government websites, things like this, as well as communications between Government officials between fossil fuel companies between the the two of those, so that later on those communications could be used in a trial. So that is another way that the government and fossil fuel companies, which are another defendant in this case, are being held responsible or being attempted to be held responsible for climate change.
2: But you know the government is saying that that's way too burdensome. You know that's that's too much work. Um, you know we want this 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 court of appeals to to reverse this case sooner, and we don't go to trial with these plaintiffs until after the Court of Appeals rules on this. Why did the Trump administration file the proposal to reverse the judge's decision this week? The administration argued that the plaintiffs do not have legal standing to bring the case forward, and also that um, the government doesn't have the legal responsibility to preserve the climate system, um, you know, to, to keep it capable of sustaining human life. So what does the University of Oregon have to do with it? So yeah, there's two things. There's Mary Wood, who came up with the theory, and Julie Olson, another UO law professor, an adjunct instructor. She took this principle from Mary Wood, who had been touring the country advocating this theory, and she took this, this concept and said, hey, you know, I'm going to do something with it. And so she started this nonprofit, and she got these two 21 youth plaintiffs together. And one of the plaintiffs is Tia Haddon, who's a, a student here, an environmental studies student at the U of O. There are 21 youth plaintiffs
1: involved in this lawsuit on behalf of Our Children's Trust. Are they all based in the Eugene Springfield community?
2: No, they're from all over the nation, but there there's several based here locally, Roseburg and Eugene. Let's go to our second story.
1: This week, it's like a stalker ex-boyfriend who won't leave you alone. Meningitis just keeps coming back. This time it's at our neighbor to the north, Oregon State University, has had three cases of meningitis last week. Max, how much trouble is this?
0: So meningitis is a problem, and there is an outbreak at OSU, but this is not an emergency, OSU has said. It is something that we should be aware of. There was a string of meningitis outbreak at the UO last year resulting in one death, so it's something that students should be aware of, but it's not something that they need to be afraid of. Students that are most affected are the students in the dorms. So if you're living in the dorms, keep an eye out for your health. Make sure you're washing your hands. Uh, Ways that meningitis is spread is through swapping of saliva, smoking, sharing food, drinks, things like this. So just be aware. Be cautious. Uh, There are vaccinations available at the health center. So if you are sick, if you're not feeling well, make sure to go down and get it checked out. You can also get a vaccination. That's about it. All right.
1: Guess I'll start washing my hands. Our last story comes from reporter Jack Pitcher. The Duck Store has had a reported 15 shoplifting busts this term alone. Max, why do students keep taking the five-finger discount?
0: So textbooks are expensive. The Daily Emerald wrote a cover story about this at the beginning of the year, about how textbooks cost an average of around $1,100 a year for students. So this is a big burden on top of cost of living, tuition, things of this nature so this term the duck store has seen a a number of shoplifting incidents they've actually busted 15 people shoplifting at the store and the most popular item that is being lifted are textbooks people are are attempting to steal from the duck store on a weekly basis but the duck store's security system which jack pitcher reported can be likened to that of a of a casino with cameras and motion sensors these sorts of things people are not very successful in attempting to get their discount the duck store's extensive camera system allows the loss prevention team to monitor every aisle of the store from multiple angles with powerful zoom capability and catch the alleged shoplifters. Are these usually students? Actually, Casey Smith, the duck store's loss prevention manager, said that most duck store shoplifters aren't actually students. Smith estimates that about 60% of shoplifting offenders are non-students who are transient or are suffering from mental illness. Smith also says that a number of the shoplifters have been steady during his four and a half years on the job, that they may be making a few more arrests than when he started, which can be attributed to the upgraded all-digital surveillance system.
1: Anyone interested in the story can read more about the various people who've been caught red-handed. What is the penalty for this sort of crime?
0: Jack's story cites an extreme case of one 18-year-old UO student who was arrested at the duck store after attempting to leave with unpaid items. When the duck store team had attempted to detain her, she bit Casey Smith, the loss prevention manager. The team eventually handcuffed her, UOPD arrived, and she was booked in the Lane County Jail. That kind of assault results in a maximum of a a five-year prison sentence. That student is being charged with fourth-degree assault and third-degree robbery. Court records show.
1: So Casey Smith's job title is loss prevention manager. Is it possible that maybe theft will go down? People realize there's a heightened
0: beefed-up security system at the duck store and theft stops? It's doubtful, Smith says. Smith says that he doesn't see the shoplifting problem going away anytime soon. He says, quote, I don't think theft is ever going to end. Our focus is on preventing as much as we can and prioritizing the safety of our employees the way things are looking costs aren't going down for textbooks or for tuition as we saw this week so this is going to be a recurring problem that's why the duck store has invested in this beefed up security system so that they can be on top of things like this to be fair a lot of these thefts are not students like Casey said but Eugene is also having a crisis of transient people and people with mental illness who are the main offenders so this is something that the duck store is just going to have to be able to deal with theft has been around forever and it doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon
1: you can read about all the stories we talked about today right at dailyemerald.com. that's all we have time for today my name is emerson malone i'm max thornberry i'm Eddie field if you'd like to hear more from the emerald podcast network you can subscribe on itunes and soundcloud And how many times do I have to tell you? You can listen to these episodes right on the Emerald homepage at dailyemerald.com. Thanks for listening.